Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, we're going to stick on the economic front. Not because we enjoy the pain, but because you need to understand how to connect the dots in terms of what all this means. And so the real question is, how much do you actually pay in taxes? President Biden and uh, progressives in Congress have made raising taxes on the rich and only the rich a key part of their domestic agenda. Uh, But does all this talk about the rich make us forget to ask the question, the most important question, (laughs) what about the tax burden on me and every other regular American shoulders? Garrett Watson, senior policy analyst at the Tax Foundation, where he conducts research on federal and state tax policy. He's going to help us break all of that down. Garrett, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, so let's dive into this uh, because I, I think it's we, we often kind of forget all of the different ways that we are taxed. Uh, we usually focus on, you know, April 15th and, and that kind of tax. Uh, but you focus on on all of the taxes that we end up playing. So so give us kind of a, a walkthrough in terms of what is it? What's the real tax burden uh, on Americans? Sure. Yeah. Folks, of course, are most familiar with uh, the individual income tax, which they pay come tax season, uh, which, of course, starts at 10 percent of your taxable income and tops out at 37 percent. But uh, as you point out, Americans pay a lot of other types of taxes, uh, including payroll taxes uh, that uh, that are worth up to 15 percent of of someone's uh, income. In addition to, of course, uh, sales taxes uh, and other types of taxes at the state and local level to fund uh, government at uh, at, at the local and municipal level. When you add, add up the federal tax burden, uh, particularly on, on folks' uh, labor uh, that they're, they work very hard for, we find that the tax burden in 2021, uh, on average, was about 28.4% when you include uh, all of these federal taxes. And this just goes up when you include other uh, state and local taxes. So far from being uh, a, a super low tax uh, place to live, uh, the United States is uh, collecting uh, substantial tax from uh, people who are working. So as you as you look at that, and you you mentioned those that are uh, you know th- those workers that are getting that hourly wage, uh, that so much of that gets pulled into uh, the the employment tax, uh, all of the other things that that play out there. Twenty eight point four percent. I don't I don't think most Americans think they really end up paying that, but when they start to factor it out in terms of what their take home pay is versus what it could be, and then you start adding on all the other components. Uh, we need a little more transparency, I think, in the system. Uh, otherwise, it's easy for all of us to to moan and complain a little bit about taxes, but uh, there's there's never really any accountability in terms of what that's doing or what we're getting in return for all those taxes. Yeah, I think that's right. And, of course, a lot of folks, uh, they tend to, uh, for better or for worse, focus on uh, their refund during tax season. And while that is important, especially because a lot of folks do rely on it to fulfill certain financial goals, uh, it's important not to mix up what your refund status is with the amount of taxes that you paid in, uh, because that that's what's really relevant when you're thinking about um, taxes and government services and what's the return on that uh, on that investment uh, into into government. Uh, and so it's important to look at that, and of course withholding, uh, looking at withholdings to get a sense of that is important. Uh, as well as uh, it's important to note half of the payroll tax is actually pay, paid by the employer, and while uh, workers are not directly seeing that, that does. Uh, it's typically understood that that does translate into lower employee wages, that, that, that workers are uh, bearing the burden of that tax. So it, it really does add up over time, and it's an important thing to keep in mind when we think about tax changes. Yeah, and so when we, we start looking at that uh, in, a, in a broader sense, uh, in terms of where does that, where do all those different pieces go beyond just it? And I, and I love the fact that you called out uh, never 
Never mistake a tax refund uh, after you filed your April taxes as a free money coming from the government. It's it's just your money mm-hmm. uh, coming back in a little different way. That's right. Yeah, you really do have to look at what you paid in and what, what uh, you've um, given up in, in, in taxes uh, at the end of the year and not just look at that, um, the difference between your withholding and what you owe during tax time. Um, and, and what we find, of course, when you look at it internationally, uh, the the U.S. average uh, for uh, single workers is uh, a bit below the OECD average, but it's not um, not dramatically lower. Uh, especially when you look at our tax system um, in terms of how progressive it is, we have one of the most progressive income taxes uh, in the entirety of um, of the industrialized world. And so that's another interesting point that I think folks don't quite realize that um, it's true that places, a lot of places in Europe have higher tax rates, but those higher tax rates are borne by a lot of people, not just the rich. Uh, and if we move in that direction, you have to consider what that might mean on top of the taxes that everyday people are paying right now. Yeah, and it is always easy to just say uh, tax the rich, tax the rich. Uh, very easy uh, for most politicians to, to kind of go with the bumper sticker slogan. Uh, but uh, you spend a lot of time thinking about this from a policy standpoint. And uh, at the federal level, what should Congress really seriously be talking about and debating when it comes to our tax code to get better results uh, for Americans? Yeah, I think one big thing, and we're seeing a, a trend here the last couple of years, is uh, consistently trying to implement a lot of social policies through the tax code. And that's, you know, there's good intentions behind that, particularly to help uh, families with children or low-income Americans. Uh, and we already have, of course, a lot of tax credits and social policies through the code. The challenge with that, though, is uh, it does um, make revenue collection harder, and it also complicates uh, taxes for everyone. And it really can confuse folks. I think we saw this a lot during the pandemic and um, with some of the social policy changes that have happened over the past couple of years. And so really simplifying uh, uh, sort of the process of doing our taxes and removing social policy as much as possible would be really uh, helpful, uh, even if, um, uh, if if overall tax rates were not cut. That change alone would be, I think, is an under-discussed um, alternative um, in administering social policy and um, social benefits uh, through, government, through government elsewhere would be a better way to do things. Um, so, and I think that would be a big part of simplification. And when it comes to, I think, tax rates, uh, another related part of this is uh, a lot of uh, families see uh, major sort of changes in their tax rates uh, when they hit certain levels of income. And that can be a big disincentive mm. for working, can be a big disincentive for, for being more productive. And so that, that's another place I think we could explore so that folks don't feel like the tax code is, uh, is burdening them. The last thing I mentioned, of course, with inflation being so high, uh, really important to think about making sure all the different parts of the tax code are indexed for inflation. Mm-hmm. If you can think of inflation as a tax, right, uh, it's important that the tax code is adjusting for that. Uh, fantastic. And anything, uh, just real quickly, anything uh, specific in terms of uh, tax code for businesses, also a complicated piece of the puzzle? Yeah, we're going to see a lot of change over the next few years, especially for businesses that are uh, trying to deduct uh, fully their uh, the cost of their investments from their taxes. Uh, a lot of that is uh, was implemented in the 2017 tax law and is going away. Really important that we make decisions on that. Uh, ideally, we would extend that and make that permanent so that there's stability and folks can um, can make investments in their business uh, knowing where the tax code will stand. A lot's going to change between now and the next five years. Uh, fantastic. Garrett Watson, Senior Policy Analyst at the Tax Foundation. Appreciate your perspective on that and helping us uh, connect all the dots today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Take care. Uh, I think that's some, some great insight from Garrett, and it, it is so often they go, oh, well, I'm only in the you know 12% tax bracket or the 20% tax bracket, uh, but you got to look at 
everything, uh, all the different components that you're paying in and, and the complexity of it all uh, hides a lot of it from all of us. And so we feel it just a little different. And so we don't always feel it as a tax. And then sometimes we get uh, a little hoodwinked into thinking, oh, I got a tax return, uh, money from the government. Uh, it's your money. It's just coming back. And, and then we start looking at it from the business standpoint and what gets passed along there. Uh, we have to connect all the dots. Then more importantly, I love this idea that uh, Garrett laid out in, in terms of simplifying and clarifying where all of this is coming. So the social policies and many of those things that are interwoven into the tax code makes it hard to know what the cost of those programs are. And it makes it harder for us to hold elected officials accountable for the results that come from those programs. So we need clarity to make sure each of us know exactly what we're paying in. That'll create some incentive and motivation. And then we also need to make sure we understand what are we getting for all those taxes as well. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. Coming up, are we addicted to contempt? And how do we break the cycle of hate and better engage with those who think differently than we do? Tim Schreiber is going to join us next. You don't want to miss it. Stay here on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back.